Blog Talk Radio. The Four Persons Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity. Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law. Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action. Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. Listening to the Four Persons Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number Again, it's 515-602-9655. You don't know me, but I'm your brother. I was raised here in this living hell. You don't know my kind in you. Very soon, the time will tell. Tell me the truth. 
hands of the four persons, the only Catholic show on Blog Talk Radio and the fastest growing Christian show on Blog Talk Radio. Now, it is, of course, Thursday night. Two quick announcements. I know you're expecting Terry Delp, because this is his night, after all, to take it to the streets program. Terry's running a little bit late, but he will be joining us. And second announcement is I know you normally expect us to start at 6.30, but this show was planned weeks ago. We have a very special guest, and I want to bring her on right now. Her name is Amy Thomas, and she calls herself the Catholic Pilgrim. Amy, welcome to Taking It to the Streets on the Four Persons Network. Hello. Thank you for having me. So I'm kind of a humble person. I live kind of a simple life. I don't <laughs> drive an expensive car. I don't live in an expensive house. And I'm not an envious person. There's very few people in this world that I am truly, truly jealous of. <laughs> you are one of them. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> you, you, now you're going to make me you, feel bad. <laughs> you have the life that any devout Catholic would dream of. You travel all over the place seeing these these shrines, these holy places. Tell us about what it is that you do and how you decided to get started in this and, and really what a joy it's been. Oh, gosh. Well, I am a convert to the faith. I grew up uh, a Protestant. Uh, the church I grew up in was called the Disciples of Christ. And I grew up, you know, kind of a a Catholic hater. Um, at least I thought I was because I didn't really know anything about Catholicism. So, um, you know, everything I knew about Catholicism, I just had picked up along the way. But fast forward uh, to meeting my husband, he was a cradle Catholic, and eventually he brought me into the church because he dispelled all of my my uh, my arguments and my misconceptions and told me the truth of things, and that eventually brought me into the church eight years into our marriage. Mm-hmm. And it was like a treasure trove had been opened to me. I know that sounds cliche to say, but it, it really was. Um, you know, I I was just overwhelmed with all the things that come with Catholicism, mm-hmm. and I I had been so uh, blinded and quite frankly duped about Catholicism that uh, you know I was very passionate about talking about my my new found conversion and and I love to write, and so I was like, you know, I'm just gonna start blogging back when blogging was you know a big thing um and writing about catholicism and i i originally called myself passionate purpose but nobody knew what that meant and it got mm-hmm. mistaken for <laughs> for something that it wasn't for something and inappropriate I kind of, yeah I, I got you yeah 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 it was i i would get lots of special messages <laughs> um uh-huh. but uh I I knew I needed to figure out something else to call myself, but I just didn't know. And I happened to watch the movie The Way, 
and uh, that was all about going on pilgrimage. And that just clicked with me. Like I had, you know, as a Protestant, I had never heard about pilgrimage. That just isn't anything you really talk about. Maybe mm-hmm. people go to the Holy Land, but pilgrimage is such a Catholic concept. And, you know, I'm a military spouse. And we travel all over, and so I was just like, that's it. That's what I want to call myself, the Catholic Pilgrim, because I just, I love traveling. I love visiting all these Catholic, uh, you know, spots around the world, and the military life kind of affords me that opportunity, so mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I got started. <laughs> so what was the first one? The first pilgrimage I went on? Yes. Oh, well, okay, so (laughs) big one was the Holy Land. Um, Mm -hmm. I went in January 2020, right before the world shut down. Um, So that one was obviously just the high point. Um, But I I really try wherever we live and wherever we're stationed to just do many pilgrimages. Um, So we were stationed in California, so I you know, went to a lot of the, the California missions. There's 21 of them. I've been to nine, so I haven't quite hit them all, but just making an effort to go see Catholic spots wherever I'm at is really important to me. How many states have you visited? Oh, how many states? <laughs> oh, gosh, almost all of them except for five. Yeah. Okay. Five. What are the five that you missed? <laughs> Alaska, Hawaii, Maine, I guess Vermont and and uh, New Hampshire. I guess it's wow. six. I haven't been through it. Yeah. <laughs> we so get right, around. So let's, we get around. Let's start with mine. Let's start with my state, Virginia. Where? What did you visit here? Stationed in Virginia twice. So the first time was in Charlottesville, and okay. um, so, so we did come up to. The D.C. area quite a bit, um, but that was back in 2013. We just recently left the D.C. area. We were stationed in Alexandria, Virginia, and one of the pilgrim. We went on two really good pilgrimages there, many ones. We went to. Uh, I did a pilgrimage in downtown D.C. I wanted to see the oldest Catholic churches in downtown D.C. Mm-hmm. and. Um, so the oldest is St. Patrick's, and we went to St. Matthew's, which is also the cathedral. And uh-huh. then I missed one of them, though. It's the I think it's the third oldest. I think it's St. Mary's, or I forget the name of it. So many churches. Okay. Um, and then did you, happen to, did you happen to visit the Shrine of the Immaculate Conception while you were there? Um, which one is that? The big one. <laughs> the big one. It's the biggest shrine in North America. Oh, stupid of me. Yes. I. <laughs> yes, of course. I have been there several times. Okay. Kind of lost me okay. on the name there. Yes. Yeah, the Basilica um, of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh. Been there several times. And um, yeah. also the Franciscan Monastery that's okay. right, pretty close to that. Um, I uh, I visited St. Matthew's. I I had a I had a personal um, need to visit St. Matthew's because uh, 
I was named after John F. Kennedy after ah. he was after he was assassinated, and that's where his funeral took place. So it was funeral. kind of a connection I needed to make. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, I had so, no idea that that's where he was. Uh, his funeral was held, so that was kind yeah. of special to see. Yes. So let's go back to the Holy Land. What I know a few people that have gone there, and and I'm trying to go there next year. It's on my bucket list, and I'm trying uh, to arrange arrange for it to to be able to do it. Talk about that. That to everybody that I know that has gone there told me it's just absolutely life changing. Oh, it is. I mean, you know, it. it you. You really have the Bible just opened up to you in a way that you will just carry with you forever because now when you mm-hmm. read about, you know, Jesus being baptized in the Jordan River, you're going to picture it in your mind. And when you hear, uh, you know, Jesus talking about, uh, you know, the Beatitudes and you are going to envision yourself being up on the Mount of Beatitudes and just the Holy Sepulchre is just, beyond words like I can't I can't sometimes wrap my mind around the fact that I actually was in the tomb where Christ's body was yeah it just blows your mind and I was only in there right no I mean you know I I had all these thoughts about you know let's go in his tomb you only get one minute because there's long lines and they can't you know you can't stay in there forever and you know I was going to pray and all these things and I literally I just got in there and I just I just laid my head down on the slab that he was on, and that's that's all I could do. And it was mm-hmm. truly, prof- I mean, nothing came to my mind other than the fact that I was just laying on the spot where he had laid, and that was, it was everything. Like, I think of yeah. that moment all the time. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine. Um, what yeah. other places outside of the country have you visited? So we were stationed for one year in Turkey, and you know I didn't know anything about Turkey <laughs> before we went over there. So I never had made the. Con- What's that? So you went to Ephesus, I'm guessing. Oh yes, oh yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I had never made the connection that modern day Turkey is Asia Minor in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's talked about quite a bit in Acts, Acts of the Apostles, and I had never made that connection because it's just a part of the world that, you know, I think a lot of Americans just kind of gloss over. But when I got there and we were living there, there are so many spots that are so important to our Christian faith. I mean, Ephesus, you mentioned Mary's house is there because uh, mm-hmm. John was in Ephesus and he brought Mary with him and uh, you can visit her house. It's the Nicene Creed was, uh, you know, um, written there. I mean, Istanbul was, you know, Constantinople at one time and that's huge and the Hagia Sophia is there and mm. it's just um, rich with Christian history that we don't really know about and, you know, we lived in Izmir, Turkey, which is um, Smyrna in the Bible, one of the letters that is written to in the book of Revelation. Right. And my, where I lived, my apartment um, was right next to St. Polycarp's church. And 
Saint Polycarp is was a disciple of Saint John the Apostle. And he is right. the patron saint of, of Izmir. And you know, I just didn't know any of this stuff and it was like it was like a year long uh field trip of just yeah, exploring it, it's a, it opened up it sounds like it opened up a whole new world for you. Did you visit any of the sites of uh, any of our ladies' apparitions by any chance? Um, well, I have been to Fatima. Um, okay. Because we went to, my family went to Lisbon, Portugal this past March um, for spring break. And we, you know, Fatima is not that far away. So it's an easy day trip out of Lisbon. Um you know, again, as a convert, I'm still learning so much, uh, mm-hmm. you know, about our faith. And, you know, Fatima was all new to me. Anything having to do with Mary is utterly new to a Protestant. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I understand. You know, yeah, I mean, because you pretty much only pay attention to her at Christmas time. So, yeah, you know, it's, you know uh, these... Scott Hahn made the connection um, through the Old Testament, all the typology about Mary in the Old Testament, and that's where the kind of connection came, you know, came together mm-hmm. um, for him. But you're, but you're right. For Protestants, uh, the only time you see Mary is when the, she's out in the crutch at Christmas time. <laughs> right. So you know, just learning about. Lords and Fatima and Our Lady of Guadalupe and all these places. Have, have you been to Lourdes? No, no, I have not. Mm. I have not. That's on my bucket so, list so, to go to Lourdes. Oh, I, yes. I, now want, <laughs> I want to go to Fatima, but I, I just have I have a special place in my heart for uh, for Lourdes. I named my uh, youngest daughter Megan Bernadette, and uh, okay. I just have, have a special <laughs> special place, but. Uh, Guadalupe, you mentioned. Have you been there? I, we have not, because my husband, being in the military, we're there. Our places in Mexico, we're not allowed to go, so um, okay. we'll we'll All have right. to wait on that one. <laughs> so why don't why don't you tell me? Give me a rundown, five or ten of your favorites uh, places that that you've gone to, and you and you can't say the Holy Land because you already said that. So other than the <laughs> Holy Land, give give me five or ten highlights. Oh, gosh. That's asking a lot. Okay. Uh, a couple of maybe uh, lesser knowns. Near where you guys are at in Virginia, obviously Maryland was the first Catholic colony uh, where the faith could be celebrated openly. And there is a island um, off the coast of Maryland, not far. It doesn't take long to get to. It's called St. Clement's Island. Mm-hmm. And that was where the first mass said in English was held in what would become the United States. First wow. English mass. Wow. So, yeah, so you can go there and at that time when when that happened, it was a, quite a bit bigger island. It's had a lot of erosion, but you can still visit it. It takes a, a little ferry ride across. doesn't cost much. Just Google it, and you'll find St. Clement's Island. But it has... We'll add it in the show notes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but bring a picnic, go on a beautiful day. They don't run in the wintertime. But there's a huge cross set up where, you know, it it 
is honoring where the first mass was said. And it's just a really cool piece of history that, you know, a lot of Catholics don't know about. And it's a beautiful well, place to visit. So I didn't know. <laughs> and I live yeah. close. Okay, well, we'll yeah, do the next one. Oh, gosh. Man, if I had to pick a mission, I would probably pick uh, Mission Carmel because that is where uh, St. Junipero Serra is buried and the founder of the mission. And it is probably the most um, peaceful and serene of the missions that at least I have been to. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand who you're talking about, but um, uh, (laughs) St. Junipero Serra is... uh, the reason why there's so many cities out in California that, are, that have Catholic names. He's, he's the That's reason. Ex- yes, that is exactly right. And, you know, of course, Father uh, St. Sarah, he was working with the Indians. And, you know, a lot of people, when you talk about, you know, how the Europeans came over and started working with the Indians, there's always such a bad... Um, story that's told but I've read his writings and his diary where he you know was talking about his day-to-day life with the Indians and they they absolutely loved him and he talks about how the little kids would play with his his little glasses and they were always running away with them the little Indian kids and it's just endearing stories and you really get a peek into what he was trying to do and how much he cared for them mm-hmm. and wanted to teach them, you know, gardening and, and taking care of animals and all these things. And it's just a, like I said, it's an endearing story. And so visiting these missions, you can really see what he was aiming to do and, and how much he truly did want to bring Christ to them. And so visiting any one of them is, is a, I highly recommend, but <laughs> um, right. Carmel is probably our, my favorite. Our guest tonight is Amy Thomas the Catholic Pilgrim, if you want to call in uh, to the show with a comment or question, the number is 515-602-9655. Again, that number is 515-602-9655. Okay, so we started out with uh, St. Clement's Island in Maryland and then uh, the mission of uh, St. Junipero Serra in California. What, what would, what, where are we going next? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I had to pick another place, I would say Montreal, Canada. Um, you know, the French mostly settled Canada. I think I know. So they brought I think a, I know where you're going with this one. It's that magnificent <laughs> cathedral that I've seen those jaw-dropping pictures of. Is that where, where you're going? The Notre Dame is that the one you're talking about? The, the cathedral in Montreal that I've seen the pictures of. Yeah, so there's the Notre Dame Cathedral, and there's also the St. Joseph's Oratory. That's the one I was thinking of, St. Joseph's. Oratory, okay, yeah. So I have been to both, and here's what I will say. The Notre Dame uh, Church is truly the most jaw-dropping, beautiful church I have ever seen in my entire life. I haven't been to them all, but... (laughs) Um, I walked, you walk in out of the sunlight and you walk into just color and beauty like I just, I can't describe. It literally took my breath away and I don't say that just to... Almost like 
you know. Almost like walking into heaven. <laughs> it was. It was so beautiful um, and just magnificent on so many levels. The sad thing is, is that a lot of Canada has lost their faith, and so um, yeah. it's very touristy as, as instead has of America. reverent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true, true. Uh, what made me sad was that the church is more touristy than um, reverent, I would say. I mean, I don't. I love it when people come to see our beautiful it's, churches, but it was... It's ironic that you say that because isn't the same thing happening with uh, Notre Dame in Paris after they rebuilt it after the fire? Isn't that kind of going that way too? Oh, it could be. It could be. I... I have not been there, um, but, you know, I could see that happening. And it just it just made me sad. And so being in there, I was a little downhearted when we just went to see it. So we came back for Mass, and that made me feel a little bit better because yeah. people were there because they wanted to be there and not just. I, I can relate to the, the feeling that you're expressing. I, I can almost put myself in that moment and, and um the desire to, I want to worship with the people who built this cathedral. <laughs> right. And, uh, and yeah. they just, uh, we, we've lost them to a very, very large extent. But the, the buildings remain, and with the buildings remaining, that, that gives us a call back to that time and uh, and, and a hope yeah. that uh, the Holy Spirit will, will revive us. So, uh, I hope so. We're, we're next. We're after after Montreal. <laughs> So I would say, this might come as a surprise, but out on the plains of Kansas, if you are ever driving across Kansas from Kansas City to, let's say you're going to Denver or vice versa, stop and see the Cathedral of the Plains. And you will see it from the highway. You'll see its steeples rising up. And And where is that in Kansas? It's just out in the middle of nowhere. I think the town is called Victoria, Kansas. Um, Okay. But... It there's nothing. I mean, there's literally hardly anything around it, and it was just built by the people, and it truly is just gorgeous when you go inside. You just can't believe that there's this magnificent cathedral just sitting out in the plains of of Kansas. Um, yeah. And I'm from Kansas, so uh, <laughs> Kansas has a soft Kansas has a soft spot for me, but. Um, what's funny is that church, I had no idea it was out there. And my dad was helping us move from Las Vegas, uh, or sorry, from California um, to Kansas while my husband deployed. And so we were driving, and my dad isn't Catholic. And when we got to Denver, he's like, when we get to Kansas, there's a church I want you to see. I was like, Okay. And so we're driving, we're driving, and I see the steeples, and my dad turns in his car, and we're driving and driving, driving. You can see it rising, you know, on the horizon. And we pull in, and it's just this beautiful Catholic church. And my dad somehow knew about it, and he wanted to take us to see it. And I was like, Mm. Dad, how did you know this was here? He's like, well, I've driven this highway enough times. I saw its steeple and just decided to come see what it was all about one time. I was like. Mm. Oh. <laughs> so our beautiful churches are, you know, excellent um, sources of planting seeds for sure. Sure, sure. I can imagine. Uh, I, I can imagine that, that they are. Um, any, any others that come to mind? Oh, gosh. 
the uh, Basilica in St. Louis is stunning, stunning. But okay. um, there's a little smaller one right by the St. Louis Arch, and it's called St. Louis. <laughs> and um, I didn't even realize it was there. My husband and I had taken kind of a road trip. The kids were with Grandma and Grandpa, and we didn't know exactly know where to park to go to the arch, and we ended up in the parking lot of this Catholic church, and we're, we're like, can we park here? And the secretary was like, oh, sure. So we did, and it was after hours, so I was like, I got to get back here to see this church. <laughs> so we okay. went back to Mass, and um, it's the oldest one in town, and it's just, it's smaller, but... Um, it just has that special feel. And, you know, right. if you're going to the St. Louis Arch, it's right there. So definitely stop and see it. And, you know, as with a lot of our Catholic churches, there was a great flood in St. Louis. And everything down by the river was destroyed except mm. that church. <laughs> mm. so. I, Amy, I want to introduce you to the uh, regular host of this show. He, he uh, got held up a little bit. Terry, I want to introduce you to Amy Thomas, the Catholic Pilgrim. Hello. Hello. How's everybody doing? Doing very well. And and the reason why I wanted to have this show on this program is because Terry is kind of our social outreach person, and he really believes in taking the message to the people. And... He has a career very much like yours that has him traveling all over the country. So I, I thought it would be very interesting to kind of have you guys share each other's experiences. And Terry, I want you to go back and listen from the start in the archive. She's given us some, you know, some very, very fascinating stories of, of places that she's that she's visited. Uh, Terry okay. is. Uh, from Texas, and he's moved to Ohio. So what were some of your highlights of those two states? Um, Well, a little bit better. Um, Ohio's (laughs) really cold in the winter. I'm I'm, I'm talking about churches Ohio's a lot better in the summer, so there is that, you know. Oh, I'm about talking churches, about churches. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to St. Luke's uh, right now, and um, we were able to because when I first went there, um, I didn't see the blessed sacrament. They had it off in the corner, and so uh, I began uh, talking to other people, talking to the priest, and we finally was able to get it put in the center, right? You know, right underneath the uh, crucifix where it's supposed to be. Uh, so it's it's coming along. Um, <clears throat> the uh, church I went to in Texas, um, St. Maximilian Kobe, is just completely awesome. They're always involved with the uh, the prison ministry, and uh, they were involved in uh, you know starting the halfway houses. Attended uh, um, St. Matthias Catholic Church in Magnolia, Texas, where I was, where I bought my house. And uh, Father Chris is is awesome. Um, they do a lot of the. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a Novus Ordo uh, mass, but they do a lot of the uh, 
a Latin chant, and um, you know, he uh, he does the Kiri uh, uh, Lacey, and, <clears throat> and um, so it's, it was a, that, and they just built a new church. And it's, I went and seen it uh, last year, and it is absolutely amazing. It's just beautiful. Amy, how about you? What uh, what churches have you visited in Texas and Ohio? Well, I I have lived in Ohio, so I was in Dayton, Ohio twice. Uh, they keep sending us back there. <laughs> um, and our church there was actually a downtown um, church. And, you know, a lot of times those are churches that aren't as well populated, but it was absolutely thriving. Emanuel Catholic Church in downtown Dayton. Um, beautiful uh has that gorgeous old feel to it and um, just thriving, just full of big families and really enjoyed going there. But I loved also going down to Cincinnati and visiting all the churches down there. Um, There's one church there. I think it's called St. Mary's. I'm not positive. But when you see it on the outside, it's in Cincinnati, you pull up to it and you're just like, eh, that's, Okay, it's kind of kind of boring, just white, nothing to it. And um, my husband took me there for our anniversary, and I was like, well, let's go in and see it. And you go inside, and you're just floored by how beautiful it is. And the picture of Mary behind <laughs> the altar is stunning, and they change it out. I think they change it from, like, the Assumption and uh, to the Assumption and possibly the Annunciation, I can't remember, but I was like, man, they did not uh, do on the outside what they did here on the inside because it really fooled me, but I was so happy we visited it. Hey, John, Mm -hmm. man, I I got to get back to the table. Uh, I got the vice president of my company in there. I just wanted to check in with y'all. We'll listen in the archives, and she's always, well, she sounds like she's always taking it through the streets, too. So she's always working on my show. Awesome. So, all right, brother. God bless, man. All right. So he's on every Thursday, and uh, just tonight it just happened to work out that uh, – and we were looking forward to this show for a long time, but the vice president of the company invited him out to dinner <laughs> just before we went on the air. So uh. <laughs> those, those kind of things happen. Duty calls. But, uh, I understand. <laughs> but I will uh, echo um, – what he said, you are invited to be a guest anytime on any of our shows. And uh, we are the uh, number one, well, I'm going to say that we're the only Catholic uh, radio show on Blog Talk Radio. There is one other that uh, that purports to be Catholic, but they don't, their <laughs> teachings are not <laughs> in line with that. In line, so anyway. yeah. Yeah, so we we won't go into too much detail on that, but uh, you, but you're welcome to call in any time. Now we talked a little bit about your website uh, before we started. Uh, you guys are doing some construction on that, so uh, what what will we see on your website when it's back to fully functional again? Do you have a lot of videos from a lot of these trips and such? I do. I'm, you know, I started out as a blogger, so there's lots of reading material. Um, But, you know, as blogging started to kind of die off and everybody got into podcasting, 
My brother's a podcaster, so he convinced me. Um, my podcast is also found on my website, um, which yes is needs needs my uh, my IT guy, which is my husband, um, gets paid in hot meals. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to have him look at it. But <laughs> what is um, the um, what is your brother's website address? podcast address? Oh, well, he's not Catholic. He's, oh. he just does. Yeah, no, he's, I'm the only Catholic in my family, <laughs> I got you. in my immediate family. Um, but uh, my podcast is on there and my podcast is called Journeying with the Saints. And I, I read the works of the saints. Each season I pick a new saint. I try to flip between a female saint and a male saint and mm-hmm. I read their works and we dive through them slowly and methodically and I give her a short reflection after a short reading. Um, so the first season was reading through St. Faustina's Diary, which was a 365... I, I've um, read it. <laughs> it's, it's Okay, something. yeah. Well, I took, <laughs> I took a whole year to read through it on the podcast and so after a year, we read through oh. it. Um. My second year, though not a canonized saint, he still means a lot to me, is Venerable Fulton Sheen. I read one of his books. Mm. Uh, um, read him, too. Which which book did you read? <laughs> it was The Way to Inner Peace. Okay. It was I kind read of, Life I think of Christ. Like, oh, okay. I'm a, yeah. big, I'm a big fan of Fulton Sheen. Oh, yes. He is just, like everything he says is just, Perfect. <laughs> I just a mo- love uh, a modern day. He's a modern day Aquinas, is what he is. Yes, for sure. And then this season, we are reading through Saint Teresa of Avila's book, The Interior Castle. Uh, uh, I read that so. one too. <laughs> that was a man. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny, but um, uh, and, and I've explained this to people, and it just, it just. I consider it a miracle or borderline miracle or whatever you would call it. Um, In 1977, I was in a very serious uh, sledding accident, nearly fatal Mm -hmm. sledding accident. Oh, my God. And um, I had something, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but as a result, I have something in my eyes called a nystagmus. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. Okay. Well, anyway, it's... It has to do with the way that the eyes react when something moves out of the field of vision, out of the field of peripheral vision. The signals hmm. kind of get messed up, and there's something damaged in the wiring there, if you, so to speak. And the only way short of it is it made it very difficult for me to move to read books. So, hmm. you know, the, the eye movement from back and forth and back and forth, and I, you know, I'd get about 50 pages or so, and then, you know, my head would start hurting so bad, and then after a yeah. while, I would... Uh, something happened about two and a half years later, and I picked up a book, started reading, and for some reason, I, I haven't had that problem since then, and St. Faustina's Diary was the second book that I read. The first one that I read oh. was uh, St. John of the Cross, Dark Night of the Soul. And then wow. <laughs> since since then I have been devouring Catholic books. <laughs> just wow. read the entire uh visions of Saint Catherine Emmerich. I read the entire Mystical City of God by uh Saint Maria of Agreda. Those two volumes 
alone, those two works alone are 3,600 pages. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I, I just, wow. it's been, an, it's been an addiction. It's been the craziest thing. And um, so it, it's interesting. Some of the books that you mentioned, though, are some of the ones that impacted me the most. And there were some books mm-hmm. that really impacted me that I didn't really expect to impact me the way that they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then others that you know were like, eh, you know, they were good, but they didn't reach the heights of some of the others. Right. What are some of the yeah. other the other books that that would you say that have really impacted you? Oh gosh, well, you know, when I first became Catholic, um, you know, I. I I was just being introduced to everything. Again, like saints are not something that you talk about in the Protestant world. So mm-hmm. to to even just start hearing about these saint stories and everything, and one of the ones that kept popping up quite a bit for me was St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in in my, my pride, I was like, oh, I'll just sit down and read the Summa, having no yeah. foundation for that whatsoever. Yeah. And so I opened it. I was like settling down into reading it and I got through the first page and I was like, okay. And I closed the book and I set it to the <laughs> side and I was like, we're going to come back to that later. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, exactly where you are. It's sitting on my bookshelf <laughs> taunting me. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. taunting me. It's like, is this the day that you're going to dare to approach? Uh, because right. I, had the same, yeah. I had the same reaction. I was like, as soon as I read the first page, I was like, okay, this guy right. is like miles ahead of me. <laughs> yes. And, well, uh, and just like for me, I just had that intellectual rigor that he has, I had never been faced with before. And so I was yeah. just, I was like, I need to take a couple hundred steps back and read some other things, gain a foundation, and then maybe down the line I can tackle him. But I have read bits and pieces of it, especially his mm-hmm. five ways, um, and that has been very beneficial to me because around the time that I converted, one of my college roommates, who was a Christian at the time when we were in college, she became an atheist, and she just started spewing out all this stuff about Christians, specifically Catholics, as it tends to be, and I was trying to answer her, and she was, you know, just throwing out, you know, fish, 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 and I'd run and pick them up and try to answer, and and was never getting anywhere. And then a lot of things I couldn't answer her on, and so I realized that at one point during this online debate, she wasn't really interested in hearing what I had to say, and so I just needed to walk away. But I also realized I need to educate myself. And so that year I think I read, like, 70 books. (laughs) Um, But one that was impactful for me coming into the church was Scott Hahn's Rome, Sweet Rome, just because Mm -hmm. I I was reading somebody else who was in in the spot who had gone through what I was going through with just having the blinders fall off, I guess you could say, and hearing a former Protestant talk about his conversion and that really, that was relatable to me, I guess. And so that was huge in in my conversion. And then 10 Staples, Behold Your Mother. Again, like Mary, mm-hmm. like I said about Mary, um, 
you know, I didn't know how to incorporate Mary into my spiritual life once I became Catholic. I just, like, I didn't know what to do with her, honestly. And well, you were hitting some you know, of the highlights. You're, these are yeah. definitely great books. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, that was so informative, the Behold Your Mother, because I didn't know how to answer people's questions about, you know, I worship Mary and, you know, she's not God and and you know, why do you even have to have her involved in your spiritual life and all this stuff? And I, I just didn't know how to answer. And so that was really helpful for me. And it helped me understand why it's so important to have her involved in your spiritual life. <laughs> like, why would you not have her involved in your spiritual life? Yeah. Um, and St. Saint Louis de Montfort's uh, True Devotion to Mary is a really good book for that. Yes. Yes, and again, it's just like there's so much depth there that is lacking, um, you know, in the Protestant world, sadly. I mean, I feel bad for Protestants because they don't have have so much um, of the fullness of the faith. I know there are many right. devout Protestants, but um, it's just like there's so much more that's out there that can help you on your spiritual journey, the saints and Mary and us, all these things. It was just very helpful. And I would say another book was probably reading about um, uh, St. John Paul II um, because he was mm. a modern-day saint and just reading about – because he was alive when I, – I remember the day that he passed away. Yeah. Um, I wasn't Catholic at the time, but um, – I actually just, remember the day he became Pope, believe it or not. Yeah, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was, it was in 78, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it was one year before I was born. But, like, okay. people so were paying attention to him while I was growing up. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't remember. <laughs> but just to, like, see his impact and what he went through with the Nazis and just, like, I had no idea that he helped bring down communism. It just, he was a it's giant. just so cool. Yeah, John Paul II, so cool. was a, he was a giant. He was, uh, he, he was truly one of the, the pillars of the church all time. Uh, he's yeah. one of only three popes, I believe, to be given the title the great. And I think he, he definitely deserves it. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. One of the things that I've been exposed to that, you know, that I kind of got to bring up is, um, I, you know, you, you touched on some of the Marian apparitions of Guadalupe, Fatima, Lourdes. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've run into is superstitious Catholics who go chasing after every false vision, go chasing after every false uh, prophet, you know, um, it, it's something I have a real problem with. And this other Catholic site, I'll be honest with you, that's on Blog Talk Radio, was actually formed by me 14 years oh. ago. <laughs> and and I ended up walking away from it because of this kind of thing. That they mm-hmm. just, they they were putting out things that were just blatantly false. I mean, that you could, that you could find in a 30-second Google search. Um how much of that have you have you been exposed to where, where people are just, they're not faithful uh, 
to the authority of the church where the authorities of the church says this is true, this is not true, this is condemned, this is approved. Do, have you experienced that a lot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, it, no, I don't know too much about it, but there's Magigoria. Um I don't know a lot about it. I just, I haven't studied up on it. I haven't read up on it. I do know well, that the church I, has... It's interesting that you started there with Medjugorje because that was the big one. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was the big one because what happened was Medjugorje was, all, was, was one of these ones that for so long I was like you. I didn't know too much about it. There were some things that sounded plausible, but there were other things that didn't quite sound right to me. And they did like eight shows in a row on Medjugorje. And I'm like, why are you doing shows on an unapproved apparition? Yeah, yeah. Why Why are you doing that? There's no reason. Yeah. And and, and then they started saying, well, Medjugorje is approved. No, it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it's not. You can't be saying that over the airwaves. You can't be making a false statement like that. Now, you can say, I believe in it. I believe it will eventually be approved. You could say that as long as you're stating that it's your opinion. But don't say that. So the church I decided <laughs> I decided that I need to know the truth about Medjugorje. And that's when I started digging and digging and digging. And I found out that not only is Medjugorje not approved, but it's actually received four negative judgments. Been, mm. It's been voted down by bishops by a count of twenty-two to zero in oh. four negative in four negative judgments, and um, and I read I got the book by Donald Anthony Foley, who's one of the best Catholic historians of our time, and the book is meticulously researched. There's over 150 pages of footnotes in the book. And I started reading about how five priests of the Medjugorje inner circle were defrocked and exiled and excommunicated for conjuring oh. up spirits and impregnating nuns and molesting the pilgrims. And then oh, I started my. reading about how the six visionaries are all uh, multimillionaires living in smart homes off of, off of the Medjugorje funds and everything. And then I started to realize, okay, we should not be promoting this. This is yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then it then it just it just went on from there, and I and and there were other ones that they were that that they were, you know, uh, the the Vatican issued a statement: do not promote Mary under the title of Our Lady of of All Nations. And five months later, they're doing three shows on Our Lady of All Nations. Like, does what the Pope and the Vatican say mean anything to you? And. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just wondering if you, if because that's a very disturbing trend that I see in in the church now. That 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 I, I call these people they're they're more Catholic than the Pope. <laughs> that's what I call them. <laughs> right. Be, right. Because they yeah. think they can. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it does. Gosh, I could go off on a million tangents, but you know, going back to Magicoria, I do see that a lot. Like, if I'm going on pilgrimage, people will private message me and are you ever going to Madrigoria? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> right. um, and I think it just, it, I think it's just, 
important to focus on the Marian apparitions that have been, you know, founded true and approved by the church. We have there's there are plenty of them and they're all beautiful and wonderful and we can get so much out of them. And and our lady has a way of leaving no doubt. Okay. In bottom of the Sundance in the sky and seventy thousand witnesses saw it. In Lords you have the miraculous spring with thousands of people cured. You have the Tim Tilma of San Diego Mm -hmm. in in Guadalupe. Mary has a way of leaving no doubt. Um, right. And, and so I uh, just, you know. Oh, we got a message in the chat room. Hello from the Lewis and Clark Bridge, Columbia River, on the Washington State side. Okay. <laughs> okay. So somebody's <laughs> listening. Somebody's listening to you from the state of uh, Washington. It's a uh, Duck Northwest Media, and uh, so we'll just we'll say hi to Duck. I guess we'll call him Duck. Hey, Hello, Duck. Uh, <laughs> My husband actually used to live in Washington State when his dad okay. was stationed there. Um, okay. So he he really loved his time there. It rained a lot, but he still loved his time there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like you said, um, we need to stick with what the church has approved and what the church, you know, teaches and, and uh I'm I'm glad that we that we agree on that, and it's kind of funny because whenever I bring up false revelations and the idea of false revelations and all this stuff, the very first thing that almost every guest that I've had says is, "Oh, you mean Medjugorje?" (laughs) (laughs) It gets brought up a lot. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. (laughs) And 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 it's like you said, why would you go there? If if I had you know three thousand dollars to spend on a pilgrimage. Why would I go to Medjugorje when I can go yeah, to Lourdes no. or the Holy Land right. or, or to or or to La Salette or to Paris or to you know the, the site of the uh, you know miraculous medal or or uh, Our Lady of the Snows you know there's so many that you can go to Mount Carmel um, right right why would you go to yeah. Medjugorje I, I really don't I really don't understand that. So where do you call home now? I didn't happen to catch that. <laughs> we are in Montgomery, Alabama <laughs> for okay. one year. And then we'll be somewhere Alabama. else. <laughs> Alabama. Okay. I have a – well, that is the home of EWTN. Have you been there? I have not yet, but it is on the list. You know I got to go. On I'm, the I'm here. <laughs> okay. So I have but, friends who are Alabama fans. Oh, that's uh, too bad. The, the, no. <laughs> I, I I am not, for the record. <laughs> okay. Neither am um, I, for the record. <laughs> do, do, do you and your Do you and your husband watch any sports? You get into college football. It's it's coming up. Oh yes, I am a huge huge college football fan. I cheer for my Kansas State Wildcats. Okay. And we are we are a house united when it comes to college football we are a house okay. divided when it comes to pro football because i am a chiefs fan and he is sadly a san francisco 49ers fan so mm. it was it well, was a fun is, now, super bowl he 2020 is, <laughs> he is rooting for the the one that was named after a catholic saint though so i mean you know well you know uh, i <laughs> You don't. You don't well, have to help him out at all. 
I I will tell you this. I'm not much of a pro football fan, but I bleed blue and gold. I am the biggest Notre Dame fan on the face of the earth. (laughs) I get it. I get it. And I love the movie Rudy, so, you know, I get it. (laughs) Have you been there? Have you been to Notre Dame? I have not. My husband and my oldest daughter have. She was considering going to Notre Dame. Um, so they have been there, seen the grotto and the church, and the yeah. church looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the church is amazing. But uh, to me, what really made my made me melt was uh, standing beneath that golden dome and seeing our lady on top of the golden dome and mm-hmm. having seen it so many times on TV and it had a personal impact on me, and I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. it was in 2012 when I first went there, and my father introduced me to Notre Dame football when I was a kid. And my father at the mm-hmm. time was was dying of cancer at the time. Oh. And that was the year, of course, that Notre Dame played Alabama in the national championship game. That didn't go very well for them. <laughs> but <laughs> I had an usher that was actually able to give me some of the turf, some of the grass from the actual oh, wow. field. Wow. So I was able I was able to give that to my dad as a one of the last uh, gifts that I gave. That was very very precious to me. Oh, I bet. Uh, I bet. Yeah. Well, Amy, I want you to know that you are invited um, back any time. You don't even have well, to ask. <laughs> and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I really did. And, and uh, just, wow, just so many places that, you, that you've gone. And I'm very, very interested in watching some of your videos and listening to some of your podcasts. That's probably when I'll invite you back. But what about okay. this place? And what about this place? And and and, and, and <laughs> But um, I am very, very grateful for you to come on. I know uh, our listeners are going to be very, very grateful. Now, we don't get a lot of live listeners, but we have a, most of our listeners listen in the archives and they download the podcast. And okay. That's kind of the rule of the, rule of the road for podcasts these days. Oh, yes. That's how it rolls. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I want to thank you for, for coming on. I'm very, very grateful. And uh, I wonder if you would uh, end us with a closing prayer, please. Sure. And thank you for having me on. I always enjoyed talking about our Catholic faith. So, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear God, we thank you for our Catholic faith. It is so precious to so many of us. And we're so grateful that you left us our mother church. And we are so grateful for the angels and the saints and our mother Mary and all the good Catholics out there who are doing their best to serve you and to bring the light of Christ to others. We pray that in everything we do, that we remember to follow your will Help us to be gracious and charitable. Help us to bring light into dark places. And help us to plant seeds so that others can come to the fullness of the faith. 
And we ask all these things in your Son's name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Amy, thank you again for coming on, and I can't wait to have you on again. God well, bless. thank you so much. You too. Bye.